the next purchase gets quicker and quicker because you acquire the skills to know where to look. You develop your negotiation skills. You able to look through more deals very quickly. Everything goes much quicker as you get started the journey. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Surgeon Syndicate. This is your host, Dr. Mike McManus, and we are here with Wen Zeng. Wen is a fintech employee who works doing more of the tech side on the back end for the banking industry. And a lot of that's related to helping the financial advisors plan for their 401k and when they can retire. And we're going to talk more about retirement. So welcome back, Zen. Thank you. Welcome back. When I did that the last time too. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. One of my mentors in medicine, probably my biggest mentor, uh, was Dr. Wen Yap. So he's the only Wen I've known. He's probably hopefully not listening. So he doesn't know that one of his namesakes that I keep messing it up. So I apologize. (laughs) So at the end of the last episode, we were talking about the mental process of you've got your real estate going, you're earning some income there, and you're looking to retire, go full time in real estate. But the process that you go through So just share that with me again. Like, What were the things that really were holding you back and your biggest concerns or worries about letting your job go? I think one of my biggest worry is a financial hit. I work in tech for an investment bank, so the income is fairly strong. And because I live in a very expensive part of New Jersey, it's very expensive, right? The mortgage is quite significant. Property tax. My kids also go to daycare, right? So it's quite a heavy amount of money to support this type of lifestyle. So in my mind is if I quit my job, how long can I last for? How long will this income last me for while I pursue alternative investment? Now, we we had this conversation originally before, and I think with what you do, have this drilled down and that you're a numbers guy. So we talked about that you're looking at the income coming in for real estate versus what you have from your job and your expenses. How close are you, do you think, to being able to let that go? Are you there or are you still a ways out? Still waits out. I am about 60% there, but I'm making a commitment to myself and letting everyone know that I'm doing it, even though my passive income does not support all my expenses. I'm holding myself accountable. I love about your story is it resonates with me because I was in the same place. I said, you know what? I've built this thing. I've got income coming in. It's not enough to support me yet. It's a lot less than I make now. But I want to go in this different direction. I'm enjoying the real estate thing. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, wow, I got all these cool things and I got to call this guy and I'm going to talk about this stuff. And I'm really having fun with it where 
wasn't having as much fun in medicine anymore. And so I went through a lot of this same thing. And to hear it, you're like, oh, I'm not the only one. Sometimes you reach this point where like, you know what? I'm going to make the leap because once you make the leap, I don't know if it's the burning the boats analogy that you burnt the boats and now you have to do it. Whether you just have more time and energy, I'm sure with what you do, the amount of mental energy that goes into what you do at work doesn't leave you fired up to work another eight hours at night. That's right. My job, it's very demanding as all high income earners. And what makes me leap forward is at some point I'm growing older and older. At some point I'm going to do it. So I want to do it sooner than later. And like you said, I'm a numbers guy. I actually track my net worth for some time already. And one thing I realized it's my personal net worth is not growing as much if I continue to work at my job. I earn a pretty decent income, high income earner, but I'm paying a lot of money to everyone else. So I wanted to stop that and just focus on building my real estate career. I realized I might make a decent income, but right off the back when I get paid, more than 50% is gone. So let's say every $100 I make, I keep only 45 cents. And then after you get that 45%, you have to pay your mortgage, your daycare, your transportation, your food, your property tax, you name it. By the time it gets to me, it's like, oh, there's really not much left. As a high income earner, I feel like I'm just living paycheck to paycheck. So I started having conversation, not only preparing financially, getting ready to take this journey. I also spoke with my wife to get her ready. I want people around me to support me on this goal, this journey. So I told my wife, she's also working in Manhattan. Let's divide and conquer. You like what you do. She loves what she does and she's good at it. She's making good income, but I want to do something else. So slowly I have this conversation. I plant a little seed in her head. What if we do this? Um, how are we going to take care of our health care? We still need health care for the family, dental care. So I slowly talk her into it and she's fully supportive of what I do now. So that's very important to make sure people around you will support you on this initiative and journey and making sure I have health care, dental plans ready, and then financially ready. What was her initial response when you're like, I think I want to leave my job? I didn't tell her that straightforward. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. You're smoother than I was. (laughs) I show her what I make passively, how I grow my net worth using real estate and said, hey, there might be an opportunity that if I go full-time on this, we will achieve financial freedom. I have a lot of talk with my wife about what's your five-year vision? What's your goal, right? We started that type of conversation. What is it that we wanted? We really wanted more time. I was spend more time with our son, a little bit more time to spend with our family. We want to travel a little bit. And having that passive income slowly built 
in our brain that we don't want to keep working until we're 65. And from there, we talk about how we can achieve it. So I ease into it. Ah, man, I give you credit. I remember my wife just looked at me like I was a crazy person. And she asked a couple of times, it's like, well, can't you just, many times, can't you just work another five years? Can't you work another one year? And so it is an interesting process. But what I love is you kind of talked about the opportunity cost. It sounded like you said, well, here's what we're making now. And here's the path it's on. And we can see that path. But it's got a cap on it and it doesn't give the opportunity to take the work you do and make the returns grow exponentially and to move you towards retiring earlier, having that financial freedom earlier. Once you have that thought and you realize like, wow, as long as I'm doing this 60 hours a week, I don't have time for that. And there's an opportunity cost to this amazing job, but it's hard for other people to see. How many people were like, what are you talking about? How can you leave your job? You're too young. So opportunity cost is the number one thing. You only have so many hours a day. So if you have a very long demanding job, like most of us, you can't really devote much time into real estate. And the journey towards financial freedom, I feel like it takes a lot longer. Initially, in the early episode, I talk about how long it takes me to buy the second property. And then I never get a chance to tell you, but it gets a lot quicker as you buy more and more. It gets quicker and quicker to accumulate the next property, but it's still very slow. Now, looking back, if I would have done this full time, it would be a lot quicker and I will achieve financial freedom much quicker. So that's why there is an opportunity cost. You only have so much time in a day to do it, but I'm a very conservative guy. So until I have all my boxes checked, I don't want to jump. I want to make sure I have two or three parachute before I jump. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so you're looking at the commercial side going, hey, industrial property, we can build parachutes faster. <laughs> so you get your one parachute, but you need to get the other three built. There's the industrial side. That's funny as you look at it as it builds up. I keep most of my passive stuff is in holding company. And it's an account I really don't look at unless I'm going to buy something new. And I went and looked at it today because I was looking at partnering on a retail space in the Midwest. And I looked at the account and I opened it up because I was looking for one thing and I'm like, what are these things? And they were <laughs> from an investment that had a lead time. So it didn't really pay anything in the first year. And then it paid a little bit in the second year, but now we're into full speed in the third year. And I was like, oh, look at these. It's a cool thing about how that, so now there's more money there to invest, like you said, and then you invest that. And then the pot gets bigger, quicker again. So you get some more and it snowballs. And it's pretty cool because I feel totally different when I look at that than when I look at my accounts at my 401k. It goes up and down and it's all over the place and it causes me stress. When I look at my real estate account, 
it goes in the right direction. So not to say that everything doesn't always go up and to the right, but I've been fortunate that I've met people who helped me make good decisions. And that's kind of that snowball is really starting to roll. So that's awesome for you. So the time between each purchase has been slowing down, has been getting tighter until you get to the next one. Yeah, each purchase, uh, the next purchase gets quicker and quicker. Between the first and second property, it took five years because I really want to save up that 20% and to buy the property. And then the second to the third one, it took three years, even though the price during that time has increased quite a bit while I'm saving. Then the fourth property, it only took a year and a half. Then the fifth property, it's bigger. It only took a year. I think now if I continue working my W2 and continue to buy this, which I'm not going this path, I can almost buy one a year, right? So it's that snowball effect that it gets quicker. One, because you acquire the skills to know where to look. You develop your negotiation skills, how to get a lower price, better deal. Third, you able to look through more deals very quickly. When you look at so many deals, you can tell immediately it's a no good deal and some has potential. So everything goes much quicker as you get started the journey. At the beginning, it's slow. Everything is slow. But as you grind through it, you get better and better. It gets faster and faster. That's such a huge thing, that ruling out the ones that aren't going to work. When you spend days and hours versus when you hit that point that you, even sometimes it's less than 10 seconds, you know, you look at the price, you know, the rent, you're like, that'll never work, not worth the time trying to figure it out. Then you spend your time on ones that there's hope. And when the home runs come along, you're like, oh, I got to check a few boxes here and make sure there's not something missing, but this is a good deal. And you don't have the fear. You can make an offer on it the next day because you've been through that process enough times that you know how it goes. Mm -hmm. You know, so looking back and you were saying you're going to quit and your wife's going to keep working when you get there. Have you guys talked about that real estate professional status for you? So Once that happens with your depreciation that can go directly against her income, her taxes go down. That's That's right. That's huge. And my wife also earns uh, pretty good money. I think she's going to make more than me very soon on her full-time job because she loves what she does and she's very good at it. And that's great. Having that status really saved her a lot of money. What we decide to do is divide and conquer. She will continue her full-time job. I will help her buy and scale our residential investment. And I just want to buy quite a few properties under her name. And then she can use those assets to write off her tax. So most people have to pay tax. After you file tax, you end up getting a good chunk of refund when you switch to that real estate professional uh, status because you have so much um, depreciation from the assets that you can write off. Yeah, that's the most awesome thing. And I don't know how many accountants I'd ever talked to who didn't understand how it worked and could guide into the process. But when you have one spouse with a high W-2 income and the other spouse isn't working or is working part-time, if they're putting that time in in real estate, 
And there's certain criteria you got to meet. And there's the whole point about having an account to make sure you do it right. But that you can put that depreciation against your W-2 income, which otherwise you can't. So I say this is an educational show. We're not giving tax advice, but find an account who knows about those things. So, because that's an awesome, that's like your trampoline jump to get to that last bit of becoming job optional. So, yeah. And I want to add one thing. There's a lot of investment options, right? You can always put your money in stocks, right? And just let the market increase your returns. But one thing I like about real estate is the ability to control the asset. I operate all my residential properties. I control all the levers. The stocks, you have no control. You just buy into stocks and you just let it ride, right? Completely passive. But in residential, there's a lot of things I can control. And I feel more comfortable knowing that if I operate well, I almost have very little chance of losing money and I can substantially increase my net cash flow. Take for example, right? Let's say we don't know what the economy is going to do. Let's say if it takes a dip, right? And because the area I'm buying, there's such a high demand for housing and there is a shortage in housing, especially in the workforce housing. I know there's huge demand for it. The rent doesn't drop much. As long as I control the price right, I can drop my price to outcompete others and still make cash flow. When the markets are doing well, I will push up my price a little higher. And there's a lot of things you can control when, let's say, you have all your property. That's one thing I'm trying to do. I'm trying to focus in one area and just buy a lot of property in that one area. Now you can get into efficiency of operating the market where you have a competitive advantage over others. Because when you get to a certain size, you can have your own property management firm, right? And since I'm a tech guy, I haven't get to that size yet. I leverage technology. I want to take out the misconception that as a residential real estate investor, people is going to call you at three in the morning of leak going on. But that's hardly the case. I own assets in many places that I never went to. For instance, I own property in Dallas, Texas. The only time I went there is when I closing for a house. I went there, I look at the house, I signed the paperwork and I'm done. And I look at the house once, I met the tenant and, and that's it. I have never gone back ever. It's been more than two years. You can implement software system that does most of the work for you, such as rent collection. I have a software that I put in. It will send out invoice out five days, six days, seven days before the rent. It goes out that your rent is due on this day. And then if they don't pay by, let's say, the fifth of the month, there's software in place that sends out an email to them. Hey, your rent is past due you know, da, 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 da. And then the 10th day, it's going to do another thing. You have software that does all this thing behind the scene for you. So it's a lot to learn at the beginning, but once you acquire the knowledge, you start building process in place, it will run a lot faster. I think the only thing I wanted to give out as a advice for a lot of the new investors is picking the right location where you want to buy. 
there is different asset class in real estate investing. You can do commercial real estate, you can do residential real estate. There's all kinds of different asset class. In residential real estate, there's A, B, C, and D class. So the D class is very rough. The C class is your blue collar worker. Your B class, it's a little bit above the state average where they are. That tends to be the best place to invest for newer investor because the tenants are professional. They pay on time. They're reasonable. They have good credit score. They're family people that they just want to do their job, pay their bill and raise their family. So there's specific asset class that you should invest in. That's a lot easier to deal with than chasing for a higher return where the tenants are very, very difficult to deal with. So at the beginning, you might want to pick an area that the return might be slightly lower, but much easier to deal with. And you learn your skills and progress forward from there. That's awesome. So if you could go back or new kid walks into your office, they're just out of college and they say, hey, when, man, I'm so happy to have this great job. I want to prepare for my future. What advice would you give them? Yeah, I think is if you want to work till you're 65 and retire, then that's the corporate job, right? But if you want it to be financially free, you have to have a side hustle and be that entrepreneur. How our money system is designed is really rewarding people who create jobs, who takes risk for the most part, right? So I think my recommendation for someone young would be I always tell people to invest in real estate, but track their net worth because by tracking your net worth over time, you know where you're growing your net worth. I can tell you at the beginning of my journey, my net worth is growing from my 401k account. Every year I max out my 401k account. My employer put in their match and over time it's growing, growing, growing into quite a big chunk of money but that's a very slow way of growing it and what i learned is i'm lucky to stumble upon real estate that there are times when i accumulate a decent size of portfolio the asset growth is phenomenal like one year the growth in my real estate portfolio in one maybe two years outgrow all my 401k investment in 10 years. And that's when I had that pivotal moment, like, you know what? Maybe I should just do real estate full time because I control all this asset and the appreciation on the asset is phenomenal. Yes, I'm lucky in the past few years, asset appreciate a lot, but even like my first condo, it didn't really appreciate at all. It's appreciating like a snail walking down the block. It was so slow. Guess what? That investment over 10 years, the tenant pay off my mortgage and I bought it with only 20% down payment. And because I leveraged the bank's money, you make money in multiple ways. At the end of the 10 year, I did the number. I grew my money by five times in that little investment. Yes, it's a little work, but that's one of the slowest growing asset, but I still 5x my money on that one. So my advice for someone new is track your net worth, 
over time, you will realize where your asset is growing. You have to break your assets and your net worth down into each group of asset. You track your cash. I have cryptocurrency. I have stocks, 401k from different companies I work for, and then different real estate. So you can see over time, after five years, you realize where your net worth is coming from. And I can tell you this because the cost of living is so expensive and tax is so high. I am literally working just to pay my bills, even though we're high income earners. So to really grow and achieve financial freedom, either we live super frugal, which is very difficult to do because it's not just your lifestyle. You have to make sure the lifestyle is okay with your wife. You have to find an alternative way to grow your wealth and real estate. It's that asset for me. I love that with the tracking the net worth because I know for a numbers guy, that might have been easier. I, I hated doing that. I didn't want to do it. And I never really did it till I had a private loan from the bank that I had to give them a personal financial statement every year. And every time I would get that email from my banker that's like, hey, your financial statement's due. It's like, oh, and I would go and I would have to dig all the stuff up and I would put it together. But then once I started going in real estate, every year the number was bigger than I expected. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Now I don't mind doing it so much. It's my little uh, end of the year mm. gift. So, well, Wen, thank you for being here. This has been so great in sharing your journey. I think the whole mindset thing and the fears and getting over it and the tracking to get there is this things that a lot of people struggle with. And it's probably the biggest thing of kind of getting there outside of the technical stuff. And it's the 80% mindset, 20% execution. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And I appreciate everybody for joining us here on Surgeon Syndicate. And we'll welcome you back. Please come back and listen to our next episode. We hope this has added some great value to your day. Thank you for having me. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you found value in this episode, no other surgeons are hungry to become job optional. You can help them by sharing this content today. I also want to serve you better, so I want to offer you two things. Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you can take a moment and leave an honest review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. And number two, if you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help. Schedule a call. We can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.